All right, we, we will be in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, so start heading that way. You can find us in version. We'll get to the scripture in just a few minutes. I was worshiping God with you just a few minutes ago through music, and I just felt how, how great it was that God gathered us today. Like he gathered us, and we were together, and, and we received his presence for the days to come. And so you're a recipient of something. You're not just someone filling a chair. You're receiving the grace and strength of the Lord. You're going to be stronger because of today. Thanks for being here. Thanks for watching online. You're important. And I love you guys, and I love sharing God's word with you. But I also feel your love, your love for the Lord, uh, your love for what he's doing here. And you, you being here, you being part of this service makes a great difference. So I grew up in Dallas, Texas, and uh, we, we have a football team there. I don't know if you've ever knew about that. They, they do have a team there. Uh, it, it, one year I, I was an usher at this unsaid football team's stadium. And while I was there, I was on the top deck. And of course I knew all who all the players were and I knew their numbers, but there on that top deck, I couldn't make out the numbers. I thought, man, these are really bad seats. I can't believe these people paid to sit up here. I'm getting paid to usher them there, but they can't even see the numbers. Well, it was, it was my senior class that, that was our, the money we were raising for the prom there. Uh, and so one of my friends, I said, hey, can you see the numbers down there? And they're like, yeah, no problem. I'm like, are you sure? You're telling me right now you can make out the wide receiver's number. They're like, yeah, no problem at 82 or whatever it was. And I realized, okay, maybe I have a problem. And so that was the first time in my life that I went to an eye doctor. And from that point forward, I either wear glasses or wear contacts when I want to see. And when I wear contacts, like Sundays is usually the only contact day. If it's raining or if it's Sunday, I wear contacts because I see really good. Because I want to see if you're sleeping out there, you know. (laughs) Don't think you can snooze on me because I've got my contacts in. I can see clearly. So it was, it was interesting that after I got my glasses and I drove to school the next day, I, I, I can remember this so clearly now, speaking of clearly, as I was driving to school, I, I could literally see the blades of the grass. I was like, this is amazing. You know, and just, just things that I had seen before, now I saw more clearly. Now, I've never had a cataract, and I hope I never have one, but I, I, I understand that that's a very common common thing a lot of human beings have as, as we live for a long time. And so I've heard about it, read about it, worked with family members, and, and there is a covering. There's a natural covering that's removed. And so you, you see blurry. You don't see clearly. Thought of, about these type of normal experiences we have in relationship to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. That's why today my teaching is this, unveil my heart. Unveil my heart. Because we're going to look at a passage that alliterates on another passage. And, and I'm going to tell you the story that you may never have heard or you haven't heard in a long time. When Moses, who was the leader of God's people, went on Mount Mount uh, Zion to receive uh, Sinai, excuse me, Mount Sinai to, to receive God's law, which were summarized in the Ten Commandments. On his way down, because he had been near the glory of God, there, there was a radiance about him that, that, that made the people put a veil. And, and he, Moses had this veil over him because Moses 
had seen the glory of God and he reflected the glory of God. And so he put a veil over his face until that glory faded away. Now, the scripture, Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he uses this familiar story as a metaphor of what was happening in the people's hearts. And therefore, it's going to be the same for us today. So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, starting with verse 12. Since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face so that people of Israel would not see the glory. So he's talking about a familiar story to those people. We're not going to take the time to read that story today, but I just summarized it a few minutes ago, even though it was destined to fade away. Verse 14, but the people's minds were hardened. And to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Yes, even today, when they read Moses' writings, when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil and they do not understand. So we know about this because a lot of times people can read the Old Testament and not see the anticipation of the Messiah and not see Jesus in the Old Testament. That's why the New Testament tells us how Jesus is found in the Old Testament and in the Gospels. But the issue here is not just about education or not just about explanation. It's about the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. And without the Holy Spirit working in our lives and without us being willing to let the Holy Spirit work in our lives, the things of God just don't make sense. Why is it that some people hear a sermon and their hearts are burning within them, if it's a good sermon, you know, boring sermons are, are, well, anyway, let me move on. If it's a good sermon, why is it that some people can hear it and their hearts are burning or at least they're interested and other people It just makes no sense at all. Well, we could give human explanations about the night before and about, you know, the type of learners we are and all of these different kind of excuses. But scripturally, we see here that that there's a veil over our spiritual eyes. There's a veil over our hearts. And, and this veil is, is kind of like when we can't see accurately. I mean, it's, it's even stronger than this analogy of needing glasses or having a cataract. It, it's, it's a something that is over our eyes, our spiritual eyes, and we just can't see what other people see. And we begin to make excuses as if, well, they were trained and they know more about the Bible or uh, they had a better childhood or, or they're in a better social class or, you know, they're on the inside click of the church. That's why they're into it. I mean, you could come up with dozens and dozens of excuses, but I want you to see from scripture today that there is a hardening of the mind, the scripture says, and a hardening of the heart and there's a veil and we cannot We cannot remove the veil, the blinders, the filter. We cannot remove it by our own power. We are completely and joyfully dependent upon the Holy Spirit for that. 
So I, I want to suggest something to you. I'm so, I, I affirmed to you how valuable your presence is here and how just you being here physically, you watching online even, as we see people engaging online right now, how, how that just encourages me as a believer. So I'm just saying, hey, as Aaron Allison, as a Christian, I'm just encouraged like when we're together, when, we're, when, when people are, are engaging online. So I've already affirmed that to you. So great, thank you for being here. But now I wanna warn you about something, that you can be in this room or you can be watching this feed and your eyes can be on the scripture that are on the screens. Your eyes can be on the Bible in your hand. Your ears can be, be, you know, present in the room or present on the feed, but your heart can be blinded. There can be a veil over it. And there's something that you can't hear and you can't understand. Brothers and sisters, I want to warn you in the Lord that here in this room, in this setting, in this service, whenever you're watching this service, that you can be blind to what God has for you right in the middle of the house of the Lord. You can physically be here, but not allow the Holy Spirit to unveil that. That's why so many people cannot see the goodness of God. This again, this theme continues to come up in my teaching because it's something God's stirring in me. How people can have similar experiences and one person can say God is good and the other person can blame God for everything. There's so many reasons why that can happen. But above, something overarching above all that is the power of the Holy Spirit in this. And we can say, Holy Spirit, let me see what, help me see what my natural eyes can't see. Let me see the spiritual dynamics. Unveil my eyes. Unveil my heart. Help the hardness of my heart. Let me receive exactly what you have for me. And this is why we say, Lord, unveil my heart. Let it be clear. Let me see clearly. Let me see how your Holy Spirit is moving in this message. How is the Holy Spirit moving through the things that Aubrey shares in between the songs? How is the Holy Spirit moving in the lyrics of the song? How is the Holy Spirit moving when we go to, to communion? Are we just walking up to the front and back to our seats again? Or are we prayerfully approaching the table of the Lord to receive grace Holy Spirit, let me see my baptism and those who are being baptized. Holy Spirit, let me be sensitive enough to go down for prayer and, and to receive from the Lord that day. If I have a need to go to a prayer partner, unveil my heart, Lord. Unveil my heart. Let me see what you have for me. And so the Lord is opening our eyes. So how, how do we do that? I mean, that's a question, okay? How do we have unveiled hearts? Well, I'll get back to the scripture in a second, but first I want to do something that I've never done in this church before, and I'm a little nervous about it. I'm about to give my first cat illustration. <laughs> because after eight years, I'm going to finally admit publicly I'm a cat dad, okay? I'm not, I'm not proud of it. I got some shame up here, but I, I've got a cat. And the cat loves me, man. I, I, the, the cat loves me more than anyone else in the family. It's just crazy. It might have something to do with me feeding it every morning and getting up early with it and caring for it and protecting it from the wild. So, so this cat like has a thing for me. She, she loves me, okay? And the cat's great. But the cat's not very obedient. Now, I know preachers always, you know, have the... 
And I wasn't, it's an easy preacher joke. It's like low hanging fruit. Dogs are good and cats are bad. And I wasn't going to do that, but man, it's just true. So I got to go there anyway. And so, so the cat terrorizes our neighborhood. Okay. I mean, it does. It just, you know, and that's why I try to keep the cat inside, but Beth's mama heart lets it out all the time. And we literally get texts from the neighbors saying, Hey, your cat's out again. And, and the cat like goes to the windows and harasses other cats, goes, <laughs> you know, and does that. It's just crazy, man. But Beth just keeps letting it out all the time. So I try to protect it. I feed it all that. And so, so, but because cats, the cat is evil. I love her anyway, but she's evil. Um, you know, dogs respond when you when you call their name, right? You call their name and Rover and Rover looks at you and Rover comes to you. I call that cat's name. She doesn't turn her head at all. She acts like she doesn't hear me, but I figured her out. She's walking away from me. I'm like, Katniss, Katniss doesn't turn her head, doesn't turn her body, but her little ears go when she says that, I'm like, I know you hear me, Katniss. I see those ears up there, but it's not enough that the ears pop up. You got to turn, right? You got to turn to me because if you were a dog, you'd come straight to me right now because dogs are of God. <laughs> there, I did it again, man. I thought I would avoid it, but I did it again. So, you know, as, as, a, as a missional experience, as a person who is missional, I'm, a, I'm letting this cat as a refugee be in my home a few more years until she goes on to her place of eternal, you know, I don't know. That's up to the Lord, right? <laughs> so here it is that, that we go down to verse 16. And here's my second word I want to give to you today. The first word was veil. I'm going to give you four quick words or maybe two uh, if we don't have time. The second word is turn, turn. Second Corinthians chapter three, three, verse 16 says, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. When you turn to the Lord, you turn to the Lord because you hear his voice and then you repent and you respond to his voice. It's not enough for us to be sitting in this room or watching this feed and just the ears pop up only. We gotta turn, say, I hear and I turn to the Lord, I respond to the Lord. Now in the church calendar, this is our last week of, of Epiphany and this is Transfiguration Sunday. So there's an amazing story I wanna share with you from our gospel reading. Luke chapter nine, starting with verse 28. It says about eight days later, Jesus took Peter, John and James up on a mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was transformed. Does that seem familiar? Moses on Mount Sinai, now Jesus on the mountain, his face is transformed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared and began talking with Jesus. This is just an amazing experience. And I bet if you were James and John, you're like, this is crazy. Jesus face is illuminated, his clothes are illuminated, and Moses and Elijah are here from heaven. This is amazing. And so verse 31 says they were glorious to see, and they were speaking about his exodus from this world, which was about to be fulfilled in Jerusalem. And Peter and the others had fallen asleep, and when they woke up, they saw Jesus's glory and the two men standing with them. As Moses and Elijah were starting to leave, Peter, not even knowing what he was saying, blurted out, Master, it's wonderful for us to be here. 
Let's make three shelters as memorials. And of course, that's what we often do, right? We, we like, hey, let's build something. You know, God's moving. Let's make an institution of it. Isn't that a temptation? One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, verse 34. But even as he was saying this, a cloud overshadowed them and terror gripped them as the cloud covered them. And verse 35, then a voice from the cloud said, this is my son, my chosen one, listen to him. I love the message that I see in this. And there's all types of things to learn through this passage as, as far as from old covenant to new covenant and all types of special interpretations and, and um, manifestations that are occurring here. But on a simplistic, simplistic response, Reading, reading this devotionally, you know, I, I see that Peter, James, and John, they're like, whoa, Elijah, Moses, this, they, this is amazing. In fact, let's memorialize this. Let's build shelters and make sure we don't lose this moment and, and we can just, and now we're friends with Jesus. This is working great. And then the cloud said, this is my son, Jesus. Listen to him. You had Moses, you had Elijah. Now, this is my son, Jesus. Moses and Elijah were, were preparing you for him. The same guy you're eating meals with, the same guy who falls asleep in the boat, the same guy who shows up late to, to appointments or, or to, to expectations. No, he's my son. Listen to him. And there was a voice. And we know from scripture, even at the baptism of Jesus, and through the teachings of Jesus is some people turned to the Lord and some people who heard the voice didn't turn to the Lord. And I just want to say to you, brothers and sisters, that today you are hearing his voice, the voice of the Lord through scripture, the voice of the Lord through the, through the gathering of his people, the voice of the Lord through the presence of God when we worship. And I say, turn to him. Don't just hear his voice, turn to him. Don't just let your ears be itched and perk up. Turn to the Lord. What is that known as? It's known as repentance. Changing your mind about God. Saying, God, I agree with you that what you said is sin is sin. I agree with you, God, what you said is, is, is my need for a Savior. Then I agree I need a Savior. I'm turning to you. I'm turning to your ways and turning to what you have. Let me just give you a couple more words before we, we, we transition. So the third word is this, spirit. What happens when you turn? The Holy Spirit invades your life. Verse 17 says, for the Lord is the spirit. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So we turn to the Lord and the veil is taken away. And what do we notice? And we notice the Holy Spirit. A lot of people don't notice the Holy Spirit because there's a veil there. Even religious people, even, even people who love the Bible. There's some people who love the Bible, but don't love the Holy Spirit who inspired the Bible. Go figure. All right? They love the mechanics of the Bible. And they love the attention they get from knowing the Bible. But there was a Holy Spirit who made it the Bible. You know, it made it the inspired word of God. And there's a veil to his work. 
turn to the Lord, the veil is lifted and there is freedom in the Holy Spirit. And then the last word I'll give you today is the word change. And this is part of our congregational prayer earlier this morning. Verse 18 of 2 Corinthians 3. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see. Isn't that true? When, when, when the veil is removed, now we can see and reflect the glory of God. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Later on, one of the prayers that we prayed together was, Lord, in essence, it said this, Lord, thank you or praise you for your change and how you're changing us. We're people who are continually in in the process of change because we're continually seeing more of his glory. It's not a change that comes from our self-will, even though our will is a reflection of his glory. It's a change that comes from seeing more of Jesus. And as Jesus unveils, unveils your spiritual eyes, unveils your hardened heart, as he unveils those things, you begin to see more and more of his glory, more and more of his power. And that's what we are here about. You're not here just to listen to a speaker and to sing a song. You're here to be changed by the power of God. Change is good for you. Some of you like yourself too much to change. You're like, I like myself. I don't want to change. What you don't realize is that change, you're going to like yourself even better when you change because you'll be fully who God created you to be. God was your creator in the beginning. And so he's going to take your personality and your, your bents and your interest, and he is going to change you and going to use that special imprint he's put on your life for his glory. So change is not a bad thing. It's a good thing for you. It's transformation, glory to glory. And I want to tell you this. Every time you read your New Testament, your Bible reading plan, every time you go to a small group, every time you come down for prayer, every time you come down for the Lord's table, every time you hear a sermon, every time you sing a worship song, every time you take a step to the Lord and turn to the Lord, more transformation, more transformation. You, you, listen, you're not trying to earn your way to heaven. You can't do it. You're in if you believe in the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. So the issue of heaven and hell is settled because of what Jesus did. But now there's transformation, more and more glory, more of his anointing, more of his power. He's gonna start changing habits in your life. He's gonna start giving you more discipline over your mouth. He's gonna start making you more of a servant to someone valuable to you. He, he's gonna give you more of a heart for your kids. He's gonna make you a better employee. He, he's gonna make you someone who loves life more. That's what transformation is. We don't do things to earn heaven. We receive the free gift of heaven, but we are on a journey of transformation. So here we go, guys. This week, get ready to be changed. Be changed by daily walking out the principles of the Lord, by daily turning to the Lord, by not just hearing his voice, but turning your heart to the voice and to give all things to the Lord.